Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. I'm Andy Schmidt here with Tom Flaherty, head pastor of City Church in Madison. Um, it's been a while since I've made a podcast because I moved up to Minneapolis and I haven't had time to make one. So we're back. And today, the topic and the question that we're going to be going through is what is spiritual warfare? It's kind of a weird weird question and cool john sekatowski gave me a book uh it's called the final quest i have you ever heard of that tom oh yeah yeah okay absolutely so i started reading that and i was like wow this is sweet so i i got really interested in this and into spiritual warfare and stuff like that so i was like we should probably do a podcast about it because i also think that in the christian communities it can be extremely confusing like what is spiritual warfare? What is like superstition? And, and like, you know, what, what does all this even mean? So I guess my first question to you, um, and this is probably better coming from you're more charismatic. You, you, you guys are more in touch with the spiritual side of things, which is great. My first question, and it's like a broad question, but like, what, how would you define spiritual warfare? Or if somebody said, Tom, what is spiritual warfare? What would you say to them? Well, because of the subject matter, I just, would you mind if I just had a prayer before we got started? Yeah, 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 pray, yeah. Lord, we we just love you so much. And, uh, well, this is such a critical, critical topic. God, there are extremes in the body of Christ where there's a, in one, one way, there's a demon behind every bush and the other that we just avoid talking about the devil. And um, Lord, you, you want us to know our enemy and you want us to know his, um, the, the way that he tries to uh, lead us astray. You want us to recognize it for what it is. And you want us to know our own authority through Christ to win every time. And so, Lord, we, we pray for your help as we talk about it. And, and God, I especially pray for those that um, feel like they are under attack. They are under other voices, other powers that are beyond just human chemicals that, uh, that they want to be free from. Lord, would you release revelation of how to fight back and how to win. God, we love you, and we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, yeah, going back, do you want to give us a, you know, a little definition? What What is, I'm, I'm a random person, I come up to Tom, I'm like, what is spiritual warfare? What are you going to tell me? Um, that the real enemy in the world right now is not people. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. There is demonic powers that are operating in this world. And there, there's a real devil. There's real demons. And they have an agenda to kill, steal, and destroy. And to not understand his schemes um, is, is to lose. <laughs> and you're going to end up fighting the wrong Enemy. We have lots of people in America that are fighting the wrong enemy. They think Democrats are the enemy, or Republicans are the the enemy, or uh, that their cousin or their uh, boss is the enemy. No, no, no. They're they're not the enemy. You're 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 going to lose that battle. And so, 
to understand the whole realm of the demonic is absolutely critical to winning. And I'll just give you a verse to start things off. First Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober and vigilant for your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom you need to resist steadfast in the faith. You and I have an enemy as a Christian. This is written to Christians. Christians can be devoured. The devil does not play fair. And he comes like a roaring lion. And so oftentimes the loudest voice in your head is not the truest. In this next generation, we have tremendous allegiance to things that are real. Listen. Just because it's real doesn't mean it's God. We have got to discern our experiences, our feelings, our thoughts, and we need to examine them. And that which is not of God, we need to stand against, lest we make a place for the enemy and get into a downward spiral, which many, many are in today. Jesus called him the father of lies. He says he was, a, he was a liar from the beginning. Speaking of our beginning, he, he predates Adam and Eve. He predates, but from our beginning, he was already the devil. He had already fallen. And, and we, we, we have very little information about that. But Jesus wasn't, Jesus didn't fulfill our curiosity about the fall and about how it happened and all those questions. He just showed us, how that it's real and here's how you're going to deal with it and uh and so he's he's a liar and he was a liar from our beginning and uh the way he gains authority today in the human race is through getting us to believe his lies then his his power and his authority um can be released only if we're believing lies because jesus defeated him on the cross he removed his authority over mankind on the cross. Um, and so it's really important that you know your authority and, uh, and, and, and that you be, are able to recognize what is true and what is false. Um, so that, that's a whole bunch of stuff. And you can, you can do, this is going to work better if you just ask me a question. At a time. Right. So that's what I'm going to do. So I think, that was yeah that's good and i think now so like you know the who the enemy is we we actually did like a, a little mini series like i don't know how long ago but it was on the full armor of god and it was three podcasts on on each piece of the armor of god and so if you haven't listened to that you should go back and listen to that cuz that's kind of how you fight this stuff but in ephesians paul is talking about how you know our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and the authorities of the unseen world um how as Christians, how are we supposed to decipher and like discern and figure out what, what, like who, what we're supposed to be fighting and what we're not supposed to be fighting? Because you brought up a good point when you were just talking. And I th- I mean, this is very relevant right now and it has been for the past couple of years. And I guess throughout all time is this political battle where it's like, if I'm a Republican, you know, or I think Joe Biden is, is the worst and like, I got to fight him and I got to fight his people or whatever. I'm the Democrat is the same way against the Republicans. And it's like, but you're kind of saying that's not really what this is about at all. So how do we actually figure out who the, who the enemy is and 
you know what I mean? Because we're like, so we, we see everything that's physical and real. And we're like, that's, we have to fight that. We don't see the things. So how can you detect things in the unseen world? Well, for, for starters, you, we just have to make the, our reality. It's another, it's another reality. It's, it's the spirit world needs to be the Christian's reality. It's, it's more real. You, you have to accept a worldview of another reality. Um, when, when you grab a hold of that, that, that there is a spirit world that I am living in, and even though I'm a physical being and I, and I do relate to this world, I'm a spiritual being, and that is the greater reality. Once you accept that worldview, you, 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 you traffic in it much easier. I, I think of 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 25, where, where it says that the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but with kindness and patience, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance having been ensnared by the trap of the devil to do his work. So, so people are in darkness. They are, they are trapped in, in the enemy's snare because of lies that they believe. And so whenever we're dealing with somebody that is believing lies, we're dealing with two worlds at the same time. We want to be very gentle with the human being. And, and, uh, we, we, we want to give our, our, our the truth. We, we have a responsibility to bring, to bring truth, um, but we need to make sure that we do it in love. And I used to be Mr. Coral. I used to be Mr. I was you know, so excited and I wanted to win arguments. And uh, I, I've learned this. You can win an argument and lose a soul. <laughs> the, 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 the bigger prize is the soul. And, and you want to, you want to, you want to talk to people in a way that you have kindness and patience and that you're trusting God to grant repentance. See, if you think you're the one that's going to convince somebody, you're going to become very quarrelsome. But if you know your part is to just give the truth in love and that only God can grant repentance, then the pressure is not on you. <laughs> and and because, because the problem is not just that they've got the wrong argument. The problem is there, there's a spirit of deception. Um, the Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever to the gospel. And so we, that's, that's why prayer is always the first position of a Christian. God, open, open eyes. God, put eye salve on my eyes. Let me see. Let me understand what's really going on. Let, let me get into the spirit world. The the, the natural man is trying to live in this realm, and uh, he, do, he does not understand the things of the Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, because they are foolishness to him. Um, so we have to accept uh, another reality, and if you're, if you're going to win, and you, you have to realize you're not just dealing with people, you're dealing with darkness behind people. And you need to be very gentle with people and very firm with demons. Okay. So I know this is something that I've struggled with because, and I think a lot of people struggle with this. They, I think 
like in my head, I'm like, I got that down. I understand that my battle is not against the people, but there's certain things that I'm like, this person is doing this thing that could cause so much evil for so many people, uh, whatever, whatever it is. How are you supposed to balance that out where you're, you know what I mean? So it's like, if, if somebody was doing something that was going to cause, okay, I'm just going to use this example because this is the way that I think. So if people want to get mad at me, they can get mad at me. But if I don't think that like the current president is doing things that are going to be helpful to people, and I know he's probably not a Christian, how, am I supposed to like, do I have an obligation as a Christian to fight against him as he's like doing things that are wrong? This is like where the, and I know we're going to talk a lot about politics on this because I think that right now this is what is everybody's thinking about. And there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on in politics. And so inside of me, I'm like, I want to fight this. I want to fight the Democrats. I want to fight and make them, I want to make them stop doing what they're doing. And are you like, how do you even deal with that? Cause I see that as like, and unjust wrong stuff that they're doing. But you're saying like, you gotta be gentle with them. And I'm like, I don't really wanna be gentle with them. Like that doesn't even make sense to me sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very human, Here, here's what we are naturally, bro. So Micah 6, 8 says, mm-hmm. here's what the, the Lord requires. Here's what's good and what the Lord requires of you. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. So here's what here's what comes natural to us. To do mercy for ourselves. That we're very merciful on ourselves. We've got all kinds of excuses, all kinds of reasons why it's okay for me. And then we love justice for everybody else. We want everybody else to, to toe the line. We want everybody, we can see what's wrong with everybody. We do, we do mercy, we love justice. And we are basically walking in pride, independent of God. Hmm. God's way is that we are very careful in our own lives to do justly, to not give ourselves a break, to not give ourselves an excuse, to make sure that we're actually doing the right thing. And then to love mercy for other people, to not be the judge of all humanity, to not feel like we're, we're, we're the final judge of everybody else. Jesus is the one that died. He is the judge of everybody else. So give other people the benefit of the doubt. Position yourself to love showing mercy to others and believe the best about them. Proverbs 16, 2 says this. Each man does what is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord weighs the motives. Can we at least grant that this person is trying to do what's right in their own eyes? The first thing, if, if, if you're a Republican and you're struggling with Democrats, start with this. These are sincere people that are trying to do what they believe is right. Grant that. Honor that. Honor that Joe Biden, if you don't like Joe Biden, honor the fact that he's sincere that he's trying to do what he thinks is right for the country. When, when you demonize people and cast all the suspicion on them and have them involved in conspiracies, it's just, it, it darkens everything. And we, we need to treat people with honor. We need to listen to their point of view. And if you, if you, wanna, if you wanna win somebody over, what you do is you listen to their part. And then 
you at least validate that they feel that way and 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 how they got there and at least say i see that and then if you can find things that you agree with agree with them say that's a really good point you know what drives me absolutely insane in these presidential debates is when they can't why, why can't they say you know this one thing you're doing this is that's really good that's a really great idea and you did good things here and you did good things why can't we honor one another? Why, why can't we find the good and then present our disagreement? Um, and so all of the rhetoric, it, it, it builds this, right in politics right now, it builds this straw man that the other side is the devil. And the other side, everything they're doing is wrong. Everything they're thinking is wrong. And so it, if they said it, it's wrong. And that's just so not true. That's so not fair. There's a but what each side is saying that's really good and it's really right. And even if the policy isn't right, the heart behind it is right. Mm-hmm. You've got two parties. Uh, the Democrats are representing the marginalized and the poor. Well, how are you going to argue against that? That's all over the Bible. The, heart, the God's heart is for the marginalized and the poor. He is for the least of these. Okay, so the Republicans are all about not enabling people and about about accountability and 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 about taking taking responsibility. Well, the, the Bible's all about that too. So so one is tough love and one is tender love. And both are very very biblical. And so there's really you got to look for more agreement. <laughs> and 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 then and then how can we what what happens is we get very polarized. We're like no, it's all tender love. It's all supposed to be tender love. And so anything that's tough love is wrong. Or it's all supposed to be tough love. So any tender love is wrong. And it's both both represent something in the heart of Jesus. And uh and and taken to an extreme, they're both wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. And and I think the other thing that I always forget to think about when I'm getting like really frustrated with politicians is like. I don't know them. Like, I don't know them personally. I just see them on TV or on Instagram or something like that. Like, I don't know. You just don't know the person. And so if I don't, I don't know Joe Biden. He could be like the nicest guy in the world. I don't know him. So that's, that also matters. And yeah, I guess that's like a really good thing to think about. Um, I, yeah, I want to shift away from politics now. And I want to talk about something. What? With spiritual warfare, it does feel like sometimes it can it, you, we can start getting into like superstition or like weird stuff or like oh the light turned off in my bedroom and like that's a demon and so like what wh- how how can we stay like level headed about this where like some some things like some bad things just happen that aren't are, are, are is everything that bad that everything bad that happens demonically like influenced or is that do you, do you, do you know? Like, I don't know. So, so let me give you an overall perspective that I have with spiritual warfare. Um, Jesus did not live looking for demons. Jesus said, here's how I live. John 5, 19. I do whatever I see the father doing. When, when, when Jesus woke up in the morning, he wasn't thinking about the devil. 
He, he wasn't thinking about the world's problems. He was thinking about, Father, what are we doing today? What, what, how can I join you today? And he said that his food was to do the will of God. And so this was, this was Jesus's perspective. He, he, he walked with God. Now, if while he was walking with God, a demon showed up, that demon was in trouble. He, he, he took authority over it. He, he, um, it, it was going to, that, that demon was going to be in trouble. He didn't ignore it. He didn't pretend that there weren't demons. He dealt with it and he dealt with it decisively. I, I think of it as um, mosquitoes. I think of, and maybe with, maybe, maybe to, to better understand it, it, it's more like mosquitoes that are, are carrying deadly diseases. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah. If I come into my office, um, I am not coming and looking for some mosquitoes. I'm not like, is there a mosquito in here? I am coming in here. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to do my work. I'm here. But if I see a mosquito, I don't freak out. Or if a mosquito lands on me, I do not freak out. I believe in mosquitoes. They are in this world. They are real. But that mosquito just came into my realm. I'm going to deal very decisively with it yeah. right now. It's not going to live long here. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it, it, it's like usually you just slap slap it and it's dead. <laughs> like a little it, it, two second thing. It, it, exactly. But But I'm not going out in the woods to prove that I have authority over mosquitoes. Uh, I'm going to lose that battle. Jesus said, don't rejoice that I've given you authority over, over demons. Don't have your identity. Have your, have your identity in that your name's written in heaven, that you're a favored son, a favored daughter of God. That's where your joy needs to be. You, th this is, I'm giving you authority over the devil, the, the authority that he won on the cross. The, the Bible says in Colossians 2.15 that he, he stripped the enemy of his authority on the cross. You say, well, what authority did he have? When Adam and Eve fell, the authority that they had been given, God gave them. He delegated his authority over the earth to Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, um, that authority went over to darkness. Jesus came. He, that's why he was called the God of this world. He, he got authority over this world. And so that's why God said, I'm, I'm sending a savior. What, what is the Savior going to do? He, here's, what, here's what God promised right away. He said, um, you are going to, to bruise his heel to the serpent, mm -hmm. and he is going to crush your head. head. The head of the serpent is his authority. That's what Jesus did. He, he stripped the enemy. He said, all authority has given, been given to me in heaven, which he already had, and on earth, which he won back for us on the cross. He, he, the enemy was stripped. And so then he says, here's what he says. Whoever believes these signs will follow. Number one sign that follows believers. And this is those who believe, not those who are pastors or apostles. Number one sign, they will cast out demons. Mm -hmm. In my name, they will cast out demons. Every single believer has a, the authority of Jesus' name over the demonic. Peter and John we're very conscious of that. He said, "What we silver and gold we have not. What we have, we give to you in Jesus' name. We have been given Jesus' name. 
We have been given Jesus's authority. This does not have to do whether you think you're a good Christian or whether you had a good day yesterday or whether you read your Bible enough. This is about, this is something Jesus won for you. We have authority over the demonic. We can say, leave in Jesus' name. We do not have to be dominated by a spirit of fear or a spirit of depression or a spirit of lust or a spirit of affliction or all, there's all kinds of demonic things that try to um, get on, on believers and they are dark. And this is why it's really, really important to read your Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you this. So you, you know what the promises of God are. You, I mean, think about, think about 2 Timothy 1.7. If everybody just got that in their heart, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now that would solve a lot of problems for you right now. Yeah. If, um, and and, and let, let me say this about, about how do you, how do you, because re- this gets back to your original, how do you recognize if it's a demon? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, such a thing as natural fear, there's natural discouragement, there's natural uh, sickness. Um, just because you're sick, just because you're afraid, that doesn't mean the devil's doing it. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. How know that it's a demon and not just a human reaction, or like I said earlier, you know, chemical reactions or human reactions? Um, here's how I here's how I help people to discern it. Um, if you just get afraid one another once once in a while, you get afraid when you watch a scary movie or you get afraid, uh, you know, when you're going to have to make a speech or something, um, that's just normal human fear. But if fear is your whole life, if, if it's not you have fear, but fear has you, you're afraid all the time. You're afraid in the morning. You're afraid before you go to bed. You're afraid of the future. You're afraid of the economy. You're afraid, you're afraid, you're afraid. Then, then something's got a hold of you. If if you experience lust as a, 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 a as a human being, and that's just uh, hormones, temptation, you living in this world, you're going to experience lust once in a while. But if lust controls your whole life, uh, there's probably a demon of lust on you. Um, depression, you get discouraged once in a while. That's human. Your whole life is darkness. Your whole life is sadness. Um, then something's probably got a got a hold of you, and and so you need to deal with uh, both the human side and the the demonic side, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes you need help with that. Sometimes it's so bad and you've had it for so long that you need somebody basically to break the power of the devil for you, and um, and then. And, and what I will always do with people when I'm, when I'm doing, we, we call it freedom ministry rather than deliverance. Deliverance has got really bad connotation. <laughs> deliverance has got, you know, the, the, just the whole, you know, Carrie was the movie about the de- demonic and there were other, you know, just yeah. horrible, horrible portrayals of deliverance. Um, so we just call it freedom ministry. Sometimes you need help. But I will always, but after I'm done uh, breaking something off of a believer, I will have them use their own authority to take authority over it as well, um, because that's how you're going to stay free. Um, when you get free from a demon, especially something that's controlled you for a while, the idea that the battle is over 
it, it is is not biblical. That that's that's actually you become more aware of the battle. And and Jesus said, when a demon goes out of a person, they will try to get back in. And that that you need to you need to fill up the house with truth. <laughs> that that if they've lived somewhere for a long time, they're going to try to get back in. And so you want to 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 recognize that you need to own the truth. That's why that's why the anointing or the power of God can do a lot up front to deliver you from something, but only the truth will keep you free. And so it's, it's both, both play a role. Sometimes you need an encounter with God, with his power, with the Holy Spirit's power to get free, but you will always need the truth to stay free. And um, so it's, it's both, it's both the, the scriptures and the power of God are both necessary. So you talked about earlier, like prayer being essential in this and how, like, why, why prayer? And, and a lot of these, like, how do you pray? Because I think prayer can be confusing to Christians. It can also be extremely forgettable. Like, oh, I didn't pray all day. Or, you know, like a lot of people just forget to pray because it's not, I don't know, it's kind of weird sometimes. And, but I know from my own life and just from what the Bible says that it's essential in the Christian life and it's essential in the spiritual realm. And so how, what, how is, how important is it to pray when you're surrounded by fear? And also like, how should we pray when we're trying to cast out a demon or when we feel like maybe we're bound to something ourselves, we're bound to lust or pride or whatever it might, might be. How should we pray about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very interesting when you're dealing with something that is, is your own possibility of a, of a demon or that you've made a place for a demon and it, and it's gotten in and you feel oppressed. Um, I will always, the other way I will ask people if to recognize whether, whether it really is a demon is our, does it speak to you? Uh, is it speaking to you all the time? And and when people say, yeah, it speaks all the time. Yeah, it's really loud. I'm like, yep, yeah, that sounds like the devil. He goes about as a foreign lion. And um, it, obviously, it would not be Satan himself. Satan is in the, the 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 heavenly places. It's it's demons under his authority. So we 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 refer to all of them as the devil, but it's actually the demonic. Um, so. It's, it's very interesting. You, 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 we actually, it's unscriptural to pray that God will deliver you from a demon. <laughs> Here's what scripture, God, give me discernment. God, give me strength. And then to get rid of the demon, you need to be the one to exercise authority. Jesus already defeated on the cross. Now he wants you to cooperate with him you are the one that needs to cast out the demon. You are the one that needs to resist the devil. Um, for, there's four different scriptures for this. One, one is Mark 16, 17. First sign that follows believers in my name, they will, they will cast out the demons, okay? You are not praying that the demon will leave. You're commanding it to leave, okay? Second one is 1 Peter 5, 8, 8 and 9, whom you resist steadfast in the faith, um, then you have Ephesians 4, where don't let the sun set on your anger. You do not leave an opportunity for the devil. You, we need to do something. And then, of course, James 4, 8, 
um, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. That, that's prayer. That's you submitting your will, submitting your thoughts to God. I'm, God, I want to be submitted to you. Resist the devil and he will flee. So then you, you command the devil to lead in Jesus' name. You need to actively resist the devil. You have authority to do that as a believer. Um, and if you're, if you're an unbeliever, you need to start by coming to Christ. So it you feels come like, to Christ. right. It feels like there's two, there's two ways. Okay. So it feels like sin sometimes is you'll have a demon or there'll be demons and there'll be, maybe you're controlled by, by a certain sin and maybe you're controlled by a certain demon. And then in others, and then in other circumstances, it's just like, I want to do what my flesh tells me to do. And I'm, it's a lack of discipline. Right. And is that, right. and right. so for one of yeah. you have yeah. to deal with these things separately. Like you, you can't deal, you, you got it. You can't deal with somebody who's controlled by a demon the same way as somebody who's just like, I just don't want to stop watching porn. I like it. And it makes me feel like, so, so you have to like, <laughs> you, you have to like deal with those two things differently. And it does feel like a lot of times it, I guess just depends on, they both can go down really dark paths because and I think we should talk about this because for people who, who do uh, have a lack of discipline, Sometimes they'll just be like, oh, I'm, it's a demon, it's a demon, it's a demon, it's a demon. And then it'll be like over and over again. It'll be like, oh, this demon's got me. And it's like, no, no, like you just need to be more disciplined and you need to be more disciplined in the faith. And sometimes for people who, who are disciplined, but maybe they just can't get out of a sin, maybe it actually is a demon. And maybe they're just in a more conservative church and they're like, it's not a demon. That's stupid. So like how, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? So it seems like there's these two different ways. How can bro, we tell? Bro, I'm, no, yeah, I'm so ahead. glad you brought, I'm so glad you brought up both sides of it because um, so let's talk about the, the really disciplined person that really is under a demonic thing and just doesn't know, doesn't even have a theology that includes darkness. And so, mm -hmm what what it it ends up being is um th they go to get help they're they're very disciplined but they keep falling in the same area again and again and again and then they go to their leader and all they say is try harder try harder try harder and and it really leads to tremendous despair sometimes you you need you need to deal with the demonic thing that has is oppressing you, and sometimes darkness comes down generationally, where darkness has increased, and and people are under clouds of stuff that that really need to be broken. So that, but but it's never God never breaks darkness, so that um, he breaks it for the purpose of walk us walking in the truth. The idea that we're not going to now have to walk in truth, the, the idea that we're not now going to have to make choices and that this is just, you know, it's either it's all the devil or it's all God. No, no, the whole thing is 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 our agreement. The argument that that the devil made me do it. Listen, we can get the devil out, but you can't cast out the flesh. You're going to have to take authority over your own flesh. Right. You're, you're you're going to have to die to yourself and start making right choices. If you keep making wrong choices, if you keep giving into the lie, it, you're, you're, it's the welcome mat. 
for, for demons. And, and so you're going to walk right. This is why I won't even do deliverance on somebody or, or freedom ministry over somebody that is not committed to their own freedom. If you are, if you're just miserable and you want this off of you, but you're not committing to walk in the truth and to follow Jesus, um, you're not ready for freedom ministry. <laughs> you, you, you come back when you're, when you're ready. Cause you, I can, we can have a, a power encounter right now, but without you being willing to stand firm, let, let me give you the, 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 the scripture that really brings this together. Galatians five, one, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Okay. Christ that's Jesus titled the anointed one. Okay. So Jesus set you free by his anointing, by his power for freedom. Therefore you need to stand firm in your freedom and do not become enslaved again by a yoke of bondage. Okay. So after Jesus has set you free, now you have something you need to do. You need to stand firm. You know, the whole thing on spiritual warfare from Ephesians 6, where you do the armor of God, you know, Paul says three times in two verses, stand. Having done all, stand. We're not fighting the devil anymore. Jesus already fought and already won. We just need to stand in our authority. We win every time when we stand against it. And, and uh, the, the, the wrestling we do often is with our own flesh and with what is true and what is a lie. And, but once we establish what is of God and what is, is, is darkness trying to oppress us, we stand against it in Jesus' name. And, uh, and, and the, the, the most powerful place in spiritual warfare is rest, resting in God. The Bible says in Romans 16, 20, Paul says, very soon, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. God, God's not at war with the devil. He already beat him. He already beat him. Um, when, when people get into the demonic and the devil's so powerful and the devil's holding everything and running everything, um, watch out. The enemy's trying to get you to believe that. Uh, there, there's an open heaven over believers. Jesus won that for you. You can walk with God today. There's not a demon in between you and God. Jesus opened up heaven by his blood, unless the devil can get you to believe otherwise. It does and feel then like, it feels like, go ahead. right, with that attitude where you're like, the devil's running everything, everything is, is horrible, which it does feel like that sometimes. But when you have that attitude, it, it can slowly, I feel like it can slowly start to like, creep in on you to where you say like oh the devil's running me and then you just feel hopeless and like there's nothing that can happen and it's exactly where he wants you and that's exactly where he can kill you so, so to understand how prayer works and how the demonic works this is just a really easy principle to grab a hold of mm -hmm. heaven and hell have something in common they are both seeking your agreement if you agree with what heaven is saying, you agree with God's purposes, you, 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 you let your prayer come out of what God wants to do and to come in agreement with his promises and his plan. And as Jesus said, I just do what I see the father doing. I come into agreement with, the, with what the father is doing. I, I, I bring it on earth. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be done on earth. When God, 
God has chosen, God could have done it any way he wanted to, Andy. In his sovereignty, he chose to use human agreement to bring his will on earth. So it, human, somebody on earth has to say, Father, let your kingdom come, your will be done. Somebody on earth has to agree together and say, Father, let this be done. Let this thing you want and, and pray, and then it is done on earth. Now, in the very same way, hell is seeking your agreement. Whole cities can come under agreement with darkness. But this is how a stronghold can get on a whole country. Darkness can get over a whole region when people come into agreement with the enemy's lies. And this is, this is of course, um, what is at stake and, and a lot of the, the political ideas um, the, the, when, the, when the enemy can get what he wants to do in government and have government make laws around his lies, it enforces darkness, which is, is why we, we need people to be involved in politics. But we need them. What oftentimes people do in politics is they try to fight darkness with darkness. They're angry, so we're going to be angry. They're lying, so we're going to lie. You're never going to defeat darkness with darkness. You, that, that you only empower darkness. The more you use darkness, the more you empower it. Even if you, even if you have said that the end justifies the means, that, that this end is so important that I can justify doing anything. I can justify cheating. I can justify um, using um, a slander, um, anything to get our way, to get you to vote for our guy. Well, uh, you're just, you're going to replace one darkness for a different darkness. It, it's not going to work. It, it's not going to work if, if your ultimate goal is to, to defeat darkness. Um, so both are looking for agreement. And uh, we, we just, if, you're, if you live aware of that, you become more careful. I want to agree with light. Uh, there's freedom of speech in America. There's not freedom of speech in the kingdom of God. I mean, I, you know, I can say whatever I want to say. And it felt good to say that. Well, maybe it did feel good, but you probably destroyed somebody by saying it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this because I want to, I want to, listen, we, we all need to soften our, 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 the way we say things and, and, and bring more of God's love and God's gentleness. And, and when we speak truth, it should be with an end of winning the soul and not just winning the argument. So, so, I mean, it does seem to me, and I, and this, I got to talk about this because it bothers me and, and I get caught up in it so often too, where it's like, it does seem though at the end of the day that, the, that what's going to like air quotes around this, like fix the problem is not politics. It's not going to fix the problem. There's always going to be, you know, the right, the left, whatever, wherever you're at, there's always, terrible things going on, on both sides so as christians should our like should our main priority be in the local church and like our local church to try to to try to build up our local church and go out to our our cities and i know it sounds like well yeah duh that's what like we're supposed to do it says in the bible but it doesn't feel like that's really happening all, quite often actually and and it's and it's honestly like it's frustrating because I, I just moved to Minneapolis and I've been trying to go to different churches and, and finding different churches. And I've gone to, and I've watched uh, tons of sermons and different churches and like churches that you'd be like, you know, this church is super biblically sound, but it's like, 
that it's like everybody in there is dead. It's like a, it's like you walk into like a funeral. Like it might be biblically sound, but there's no life in it. And then there's some churches that have a little bit too much life and not much biblical, you know, like biblical, <laughs> you know, you know, stuff like so not, not much like Bible. And so it's it's kind of been disappointing to, that I haven't been able to find like a, a church that's I feel is extremely solid. And I wonder as Christians, have we gotten too caught up in the mindset of like almost giving up on the church and being like, ah, like all these churches kind of suck. So I'm just going to go and do something else. I'm going to go, I'm going to go fix the world with politics or I'm going to go fix the world with my own ministry or my own company or my own business. And I think that that's just like, I think that's terrible, but I think it's good to talk about and be like, what, as Christians, when we see that the church is failing and that um, also politics and also all these other things are failing, where should we direct our energy? Should it be towards these other things? Oh, so like that's politics? so good, bro. So good. All right, so Jesus said this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now that's, the, the, the idea of the gates of hell is a little foreign to us. Gates is where the, 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 the leaders of a city would make their strategies. That's where the council meeting would be. That's a, so, so the gates of the city was the, was the strategies of the city. So Jesus is saying, I will build my church and the strategies of hell will not overcome it. Okay. So first, there's some, some stuff in here from, from the, to the church. Okay. Jesus did not say to two leaders, I want you to build my church. Okay. And he also didn't say, I will build your church. You know, you, 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 you get your church and then, and then ask me and I will help you. Jesus said, no, no, the only, the only church that will prevail against the tragedies of hell are the ones that, that Jesus built, that we let Jesus build it. We do it Jesus's way. Okay. That church is going to overcome. That is the church that is over, going to overcome. And like you said, um, Matthew 22, 29, Jesus said to the Sadducees, you are in error because you know not the scriptures or the power of God. We need both. We need the scriptures and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you can't just, you're not going to win with one or the other. You got to have both. You, you, you got to have both. You can have, well, without, without, the, without the spirit of God, you dry up. Without the word of God, you end up blowing up. You have the spirit of God and the word of God, you're going to grow up. Now, here's the other thing that's really important. The church is the only thing that Jesus said is going to defeat the, the gates of hell. Um, civil government, Romans 13, is not the answer for our world. Civil government is a gift from God, but the most it can do is restrain evil. It's been given the sword as a restraint to evil. There's nothing in civil government that can make the world better. It, it can restrain it. But God has given the gospel for to heal the world, to redeem the world. The God's answer for the world is Jesus. And so the, the best government can do is put up proper restraints to allow the church to do what the church can do. The idea that civil government, that if we just had the right government, if 
we had our guy in, we had the right laws, then everything would be good. Listen, Israel had a perfect government and they had the perfect leader of that government, God himself and Moses under him. And it was a disaster. Why? Because the problem was in the hearts of people. There's a sin problem in humanity. This is why the answer for America, there's no Republican or Democratic answer for America. The answer for America is Jesus. The answer for America is a revival in the church and an awakening in the world. And when believers don't believe that, <laughs> we're in trouble. And so believers have to believe in the local church. Now, here's the other thing that I, that I have to say, Andy. Um, for those that have given up on the local church, and we're just, it's just me and Jesus. We're doing our one-man show. We're going to do our own ministry, our own thing. Listen, the idea that you're going to, to win over the devil when you are not under authority yourself. This whole thing is about authority. To, to, to have authority, you've got to be under authority. And if you're not honoring the authority that God has put in your life, this is what local churches are. They, they are, there's pastors and there's elders. Why? So that there is a place where you can be covered and released. That's the job of a, of a pastor. He's got, he's got an anointing on him. It's not on uh, the person. It's on, on that position. They are, they are to, to, I'm sorry, Sharon, I'm in a podcast right now. Um, it, they are to, to cover you and to release you. And the idea that you're going to have all this authority and move in power when you're not under anybody's authority is deception. In fact, the Bible says the end times are going to be marked with this. Jesus says, many are going to say to me, we did miracles in your name. We prophesied in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You, you weren't under any authority. You were doing own thing. You rejected the authority that I brought in your life, and uh, you used you used me. Um, he said, "I never knew you." And the word there is intimacy. So you uh, you might have met Jesus, but you never went on to know him. You used Jesus instead of um, serving Jesus. So then, to to bring this back around to spiritual warfare and how we should deal with it is that this is like kind of where the war is. Then this is where the meat of the battle is: is in the gospel and in the local church and in sharing and or like going out and spreading the 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 good news. And so, for Christians and a lot of people that listen to the to this uh, podcast, maybe younger on on my you know 21, 20 in their twenties or whatever, what how how can we have confidence? in going out and spreading the entirety of the gospel in a world that, that is very, very hateful towards that message. Like, you know, from, from, from your perspective, I, I guess just from like an older, wider, wiser person, there's a lot of fear that surrounds the gospel. I think right now in America and especially with young people. And I think it's why the gospel has been in a lot of churches and a lot of ministries extremely distorted and to where we like, okay, I'll share with you the good parts. Jesus loves you. And like, but I'm not going to tell you you're a sinner that you deserve to go to hell. Like, I'm not going to tell you the, the, the dirty parts. I'm only going to tell you the clean parts. And that's, nobody's saved through half the gospel. They're saved through the whole thing. And so how can young and old people like 
have the confidence going out into the into the battlefield, into the meat of the battle and saying, I'm going to share the entirety of the gospel, regardless of what happens. How can we have that? So here's our here's our challenge, Andy, is we are not just called to know the truth and preach the truth. We're, we're, truth is actually a person. So we're actually called to become the truth. Francis Frangipane says this in his books on spiritual warfare. It's called uh, Three Battlegrounds. Here's what he says. Spiritual victory begins with the name of Jesus on our lips. And it's consummated with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. That, that we need to, why should we be hopeful? Guys, there's nothing like Jesus. There's nothing like the gospel. It is, it is the most wonderful, beautiful thing. The gospel has in it two things, two realms that Jesus wants to impart to our lives, both the beauty of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus or the power of Jesus. Now, we've got in the body of Christ today, we've got one whole group that only wants the beauty of Jesus. And just like the ministry of Jesus was only in the first century, and we're suspicious of anybody that is doing the ministry of Jesus. And that's tragic. The idea that we're going to win this, this culture with an argument, not going to happen. <laughs> Wherever the gospel spreading you know, over the world, it's because of miracles. It's because God is moving in power and he's, he's confirming his word with signs and wonders. And so um, God wants to move today in his power. He wants us to not be afraid of the moving of the Holy Spirit and to, to embrace that ministry. But then we got this other group that just wants the ministry. They don't want the beauty of Jesus. And so they've taken the anointing and they've corrupted it and tried to get rich off it and the health and wealth and they write books about it. And it's really, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a whole nother realm of getting off. And so um, we need both. We need the beauty and the power of Jesus. Listen, the first century church had no microphones no sound systems, no internet, no nothing, and it changed the world. People in the world wanted Jesus. They wanted to be near him. They felt like he loved them. They felt like he under it was listening to them and that he had real answers and that he had real authority. God wants his people to return to simple faith in Jesus and to commit ourselves to both the beauty and the ministry of Jesus. He wants us to um, be under authority, wh whether we agree with that authority or not. You, you don't have to agree with your parents to honor your mother and your father. Um, but the idea that you're going to rebel against your parents, rebel against your pastor, and have authority. The, the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So you, you, when we live in rebellion, we open ourselves up to darkness. And but we're we're really charged up, and we're we're really passionate about that thing. Watch out! What what, yeah. what where's that passion coming from? What did Jesus say, to Peter? Peter was very passionate. Lord, that will never happen. To you get behind me, Satan. You don't. You've got in mind the interests of man instead of the interests of God. So. Just because somebody's a Christian doesn't mean every thought in their head is from God. <laughs> you know, a, a wrong spirit. You know, think of James and John. 
well, you know, Lord, do you want us to call fire down? And here's what Jesus said. You guys don't even know what spirit you're of. He, he said the son, of, the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but that men's lives would be saved through him. You can get in the wrong spirit. And in this last election, many Christians got into the, to the just in the wrong spirit and it was creating just a total unnecessary offense against Jesus. And so people are closed off to the gospel today because they think that the gospel is just right wing. It's, it's white evangelicals. And so that's they're and they're mean. So we don't yeah. want, we don't want to be saved because well, that is. You talked about first century Christians and that's like, Nick, Nick has said this before, I think on this podcast is in the first like three centuries of, of Christianity after Jesus left, it was like, they were, there was no theological advancements. It wasn't, it, they weren't like, super theological people like they didn't know everything about everything theologically because they were more focused on not dying because their government was trying to kill them because they were christians and so they they're there they were sold out on the message of the gospel and that's what they knew and that's why i think you see paul starting like every one of his letters with like you got to remember this first the message of the gospel this is who jesus is this is who you are in jesus and that's I think that that's been lost and not, and I don't want to be like, you know, this podcast called the optive theology podcast, nothing wrong with theology and the hunger for more knowledge and to know, and to know God more. But when you, I think when your life becomes and your Christianity becomes what you know about God and not, not you knowing God, that's what, when things start to get, get off, off track. And that's happened to me a million times. And I, I struggle with that. So I, I do think that those early Christians are, there's something to like admirable about them that they're, like, yeah, we didn't know everything, but we we're willing to die for it because it was the right thing and it was for Jesus. So was, I, I like that you brought that and, up. And, it, and it's always the danger in growing up. Listen, listen to Paul's words. Yeah, it's be very hard to find a greater theologian than Paul. Yeah. It'd be hard to find anybody that had more revelation than Paul. But listen to this. And this is great. This is a great fit for spiritual warfare, too, because this is 2 Corinthians 11.3. Mm-hmm. He says to the Corinthians, I fear for you, lest as the serpent deceived eve so you too be led astray from simple devotion to christ at the end of the day bro if it's complicated then somehow you got in there (laughs) because this is very simple jesus loves us he died for us he rose again from the dead he wants our hearts to burn our message is jesus our message for the world is redemption if anything else, if Jesus is just one of your truths, you're in heresy. Mm-hmm. Emphasis. Nothing. Your main truth has to be Jesus. Jesus is the answer. He is the cornerstone. He is, people get a relationship with Jesus and get that right. Um, th- that's the key to every other truth. And if, if Jesus takes any other place other than first primary and and the focus um you're 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 emphasizing something else too much this about redemption through christ and so it's 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 easy in our culture to get led astray from simple devotion it's just it's we're easily bored (laughs) if you're bored seek god's face because it probably means 
that you're no longer growing. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, if you're growing and you're, you're letting God speak to you, the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. If you're letting Jesus tenderize and grow, then your Christian life is exciting. Even if you work a nine to five job where you're, you're where you're on a, an assembly line, it is, it's, it's an adventure to follow Jesus. It's, it takes everything you've got to burn for Jesus. And, uh, and that there's, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like it in the world. And, uh, and, and my hope for the world, well, what about all the people in deception? Listen, it's not like they're going to find something else. Okay. You're not ready to come to Christ. Okay. Take a few more laps around life and, and see me again. That's why I, I always keep bridges open with non-Christians. Mm-hmm. I always, I always say, well, I love you still. I'm, I'm for you still. They'll be back. It's not like they're going to go find something better. Yeah. I'm uh, out of a bottle or out of a drug or out of a sexual experience or out of a, a new video game. It, 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 everything that gives you a thrill other than Jesus, it ends up leaving you feeling empty in the end. Mm-hmm. The, Radical always is going to end up eating pig's food. So I'm not that concerned about all the deception. I mean, it, it's empty and, and people are looking for something real. What can you do for the world? Be real. Be a real Christian. Be authentic. Jesus said, if anybody's thirsty, let him drink. Come to me and drink. Don't come to religion. Don't come to your theology class. Come to Jesus and drink. And then rivers will start flowing out of your innermost being, both of the beauty and of the power of God. And, 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 and be a, be a, you, you, Christians were meant to be this little on-ramp for the kingdom, this little, that we're the traveling kingdom on earth, that, that we would all be able to say, as Gabriel said to, to Zacharias, um, I am the one who speaks to you while I stand in the presence of God. That's how God wants us to feel every day that we are. We, yeah, we are living in this world and we're touching people we're speaking to people, but we're doing it from the presence of God because the, our burning heart is our devotion to Christ. And we're protecting that first and foremost. And, and we're, and we're, 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 we're sober and we're alert and we're watching for those voices that might seem loud and might seem real, which there are many of them. And we're seeing them for what they are and say, we're saying no in Jesus name. I resist that in Jesus name. And I'm going to, I'm going to walk with Jesus today. I think, I think what you could, what you've said can be kind of summarized in the apostle John, who was the only one who was like at G, at the foot of the cross as Jesus was dying. The only apostle and he watched Jesus and like, you know, it just, I'm thinking about like every, you know, Peter's out like denying Jesus and everybody's scared, freaking out. And John's there, he's watching Jesus and he's focusing on Jesus. And I think John's focus and, and he's described as the one whom like Christ loved or the one, you know, the one whom God loved that, that can be, I think that carried him through to when he was exiled to Patmos as like uh, as like a worldly failure someone who's just going to go onto this island but he continued to be um, faithful and had the revelation which which led to his revelation the book of revelation and so I just think like when I think of you know somebody in the bible who they're they're all like this but John was so focused on Jesus and seeing him and being 
like at the at the foot of the cross that that's what carried him through any spiritual or any any physical thing you know so good bro that's that's so good um this is such a such an important point if you're gonna win in spiritual warfare jesus heard the voice of heaven the voice of the father this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased then he goes out into the wilderness and the first two temptations start with these words if you are the son of god He's just been told by heaven that he is, that he's the beloved, favored son of God. And the enemy comes and says, if you are, prove it. And if, and if Jesus bites on that temptation to, to try to prove something to other people or prove something to God, he's going to empower fear and he's going to spend his whole life becoming more and more insecure. Why is that so important? Because that's what most of us do today. The greatest attack is not lost. It's not you robbing a bank. It's not you doing some horrible thing. It's you living out of this fear of that your that your identity is not in Christ, and that somehow you have to prove something. Listen, God's gift to you is this identity. You are a beloved, favored son. This is what John had. Listen, listen to First John four eighteen. Perfect love casts out all fear. This is written by John. Perfect love. Perfect love is not your love for God, it's God's love for you. John's identity, this is the secret of John. Five times he says, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. Who am I? He didn't say I'm the apostle. He didn't say I'm the prophet. He said, here's who I am. Jesus loves me. Mm, that's a rock solid identity. That, that I am loved. I am favored in Christ. God gave me that not living to prove something to somebody. I'm not trying to impress anybody. Paul said it this way. I am what I am by the grace of God. I work more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. It's an identity in God's grace. It's an identity not in what I'm going to do for God, but what in God has done for me. That, that is, that's what's going to make you powerful and beautiful, <laughs> is, is, is living out of that, of that union. This is all about union with Christ. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bring forth much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and so just that's, that's why this simple devotion is so critical. It, it all starts with identity in Christ. If you're listening today and you're not a Christian, you're not, you're not going to win this battle without coming to Christ first. And if you're in Christ, um, you, you need to, um, and you recognize darkness is in your life, you need to recognize it, you need to take authority of it, and then you need to build a strong identity in Jesus, because that you, that, you can win all the time then. I, we're, we're over an hour and I just want to say this last thing and then I'll let you kind of finish off if you want to, but I, I, we were talking about spiritual warfare and it's, that's fine. I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but it's, I, I like that we ended with just talking about being focused on Jesus and, and, and his love for you. And these things are extremely important. And it's like, as a Christian, you're like, Oh, I already know this stuff. Like that's what, you know, but it's like, so like the song from a, from a, a little kid, you know, Jesus loves me. This, I know everybody knows it, but we don't actually believe it a lot. And so I I'm thinking like, 
okay, how can I tie this in with, <laughs> with uh, spiritual warfare? But it just feels like when you're focused on Jesus and you're focused on him and his truths and his grace and what he did on the cross, the, the war doesn't, if you're not focused on all the, like the other crap, you're, you're fo- that's what you're focused on. So spiritual warfare seems to me that it's more about your personal relationship with Jesus than it is about what the demons are doing and what, what Satan's doing all the time and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on over here and over here. It seems like, no, that stuff's like, whatever it happens, but it's about Jesus. And it's correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm getting from this. So. Oh, absolutely. And then we're in a war. And so God will give you a sense. And some of our assignments are in the realm and some of our assignments are out there and we are called to speak truth to power, but we're supposed to, we're, we do it because God's told us to, not because we're trying to save everybody. No, Jesus is the Savior, not me. Mm-hmm. And we're not God. Everybody's judge. Jesus is the judge, not me. Who am I? I'm a servant and I'm his favored child. And so, yes, I will. If I'm called to, to bag the groceries, then I'm going to do it for Jesus. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to confront if I see a demon there, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to slap it. I'm going to. Um, and so this is, this is the army of God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but you're absolutely right when we're, fo- it's only out of this identity in Jesus. And so, so here's how I want to end, bro. Um, I just want to pray for anyone that's, that's listening. Um, if, if while you were listening, it just became very real to you. Oh my, I'm oppressed by something. Something's got a hold of me. Um, I, I want, I want to take authority over that. And I want to, to let Christians take authority over that because, uh, God wants you to win and God doesn't want to live under the influence of anything demonic. Okay. Great. Let's do it. Father, I want to thank you for those that are listening today. And, uh, here's what we know for sure about every single person that's listening you love them and you died on the cross for them and you want them to win. We also know that a thief came to kill, steal, and destroy them. And, uh, and so father today, if, 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 if those listening recognize, Oh my, I've been listening to a very loud voice, a very real voice, and it has controlled me. Um, Lord, we want to take authority over that right now. We want to the devil has been exposed. Darkness has been exposed as what it is. And, and so, Lord, if that voice has been fear, um, right now we, we break that spirit of fear that has been operating. We command it to leave in Jesus' name. And I'm going to ask you if you're at home or wherever you are, and this is you, you, you say this with your own mouth. Satan, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, leave me in Jesus name. Lord, we break the spirit of fear and we release your perfect love over all those that have been in fear. Father, we now I pray for those who have been under a spirit of depression, that depression and sadness um, and just darkness has been, or it's called a spirit of heaviness in another place. Um, has just been your constant companion and you're listening to this and you're like, oh my, I am under something. I am under a cloud. I am 
I am like Pigpen with that cloud that was around him all the time. And it's kind of like the atmosphere that I'm living out of. That, that is a demonic thing. We see it for what it is. And uh, right now we're speaking to that thing. I break that spirit of heaviness in Jesus' name by the anointing of God, by the power of God, go in Jesus' name. If that is you, take authority right now. Say, spirit of heaviness, leave me in Jesus' name. Spirit of depression, spirit of suicide, spirit of death, leave me in Jesus' mighty name. I am loved by God. I'm accepted by God. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Father, give me that garment of praise now in replacing the spirit of heaviness in Jesus' mighty name. While you've been listening to this, you realize that you're under a spirit of anger and rage, that your whole life, your engine has been anger. Something has a hold of you and it's been unveiled. It's been exposed right now. I want, right now, we're going to take a, a, a control over that thing. You spirit of rage and anger, that political spirit that is so blinding and filled with hatred and venom that is justified, I break your power. I command you to go in Jesus' name. Say it with your own mouth. Spirit of anger and rage, leave me in Jesus' name. Leave me in Jesus' name. I receive the peace of God. I release judgment of others to God. I am no longer the judge. Jesus, you alone are the judge. Lord, take this, this arrogant judgment off of my shoulders. I, 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 I give you judgment. And I give you saving people. I'm, I'm going to stop trying to judge and save everybody. That's your department. I receive the peace of God to be a favored son or daughter. Um, and an obedient servant. And then, Father, I break anybody that's under a spirit of witchcraft. Um, it can look like rebellion, where you're just rebelling against all authority, and you're rebelling against the church, and just rebellion. Or it can literally be you've been been under under using the devil's power. You've been involved in darkness. You've been around in trying to use spiritual power to manipulate other people. That is witchcraft, folks. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and you don't want that. Don't, don't get involved in power for power's sake. That's called witchcraft. And the devil will, will give you power to manipulate. Um, but you don't want it. That is a very, very bad path. I, I, I break the spirit of witchcraft and rebellion in Jesus' name. It has been exposed. If it's been exposed in you, take authority over it. You spirit of witchcraft, you spirit of rebellion, leave me in Jesus' name. I humble myself under the, the hand of God. I humble myself under the commands of God. I humble myself under the authorities God's put in my life because God gives grace to the humble. And I want to be protected by God and by, by the grace of God. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, um, I, I break any demonic fear in Jesus' name. And I just want to break over any believer complications that have made their faith very, very complicated. I break that spirit of complication and just free people to simple devotion. Jesus loves me. Jesus forgives me. Jesus gives me his identity a favored son or daughter that is beloved.
Lord, I, I just pray for a rest and a peace to come to each heart in the love of God. Cast out all fear, God, and raise up an identity, not just a theology, but an identity that I am the beloved of God. I pray this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I want to say this to close us out, that I, if anybody's listening to this and, in, and they're in Madison, I know like Tom's head pastor at City Church in Madison, that's on the east side. I'm sure you could you could go to City Church and if you want to talk to him, if you're struggling with something, you could talk to him. There's people there. There's you have a freedom team, you have a prayer team and and everything. They, they got people. And I and and also there's people who listen to this, they go to High Point and High Point Church. Nick, we have people there that'll pray for you, they'll talk to you. So th there's Amen. so many resources if you're not in Madison. If you're in Minneapolis like me, <laughs> I don't know. Just reach out to me. We'll try to find somebody together. We can we can go find there's there's people everywhere. There's pastors, people are willing to pray for you. So so just search for that, search for that good Christian community. The last thing I want to say is that my aunt was supposed to be on this podcast. And everybody has listened to her testimony. Um, Reagan Kramer, they listened to her testimony. And so she actually, me and her have been working on a new podcast show for the last six or seven months called the Love by the King podcast. And it's about, it's all about basically fighting this spiritual battle of like, how do you fight your sin? Why are we here? And so we just started it. The first episode drops today at noon. And so if you want to go check that out, there'll be a link in the description. I've helped with it. It's like one of those high tech things I've done that we have video and everything. It's pretty cool. And so you should go check that out. She's got a great story. She interviews people who are doing things, you know, when, uh, there's a ministry uh, for sex trafficking that they're trying to bring the gospel to, to women and people who are caught sex trafficking and all this stuff. So it's great. You should go check that out. Um, but besides that, I think that's it for today. Tom, thanks for coming on. You'll probably be on soon. So uh, my delight, Andy, always, always a joy to be with you. Yeah. So um, if you're listening to this, make sure to like and subscribe and follow and send us a review and send us more questions and um yeah i think that's it so we will see you guys in the next one thank you for listening goodbye